Craft Beer Radio, episode 183, on June 18th, 2011. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we're having a summer. I'm Greg Weiss. Having a summer? I'm Jeff Bear. Yes. It was, uh, it was nice and cool the other day, and then it got hot again. Yeah, that was great. We, we had this period of, of just, like, heat. Intense heat, and it was down to like sixteen. It was I loved it. Yeah, it was, it was nice. It was almost cold actually. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Uh, I think we would probably should go with the Saver Flower just because it's going to be so different from everything else. All right. The namesake. Yes. So this is the beer we got at Saver. Um, you might be able to find this online if you didn't get the Saver for like a hundred dollars, which is a little much if you ask me because I've had this before. Um, but. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to do this again. Yeah, so save This is also one of the hardest <laughs> one of the hardest uh, things I've ever had to get out. That that is such a tough cork. Uh, we'll see if we can get it out here. Maybe oh. I'll just pause. And we're back. It took me, I don't know, three minutes to get the, the oh, cork. It was about a minute, but still. <laughs> it felt like three minutes. My arms are tired. My forearms feel like Popeye. But yeah, so Save Flowers is uh 10% alcohol by volume is brewed with rose water, uh, some hibiscus flowers, other types of flowers. It has a experimental hop that is only identified by number. It's which has sort of a floral taste to it. Thus the flowers. Yeah. Uh, so if people that don't know, you know, the Brewers Association had Saver. All those podcasts that are in the feed, you know, that that's from Saver. It's a beer and food pairing event. I'm starting away at the base level here. Beer and food pairing event. It was uh, two days in Washington, D.C., and everyone who went got to leave with a bottle of Saver Flowers, which is a collaboration of Samuel Adams and Dogfish Head. Yes. Or Boston Beer Company, I should say. But I'm trying to find some more information about it. There's not. There's no, like, page for it. So I'm trying to remember what I learned... There's a book. There's a booklet for it, but it doesn't have all the you know. But it, all the information is in like you know their handwriting and stuff like that. Yeah, it shows the, it shows at least a representation or a uh, reasonable facsimile of of their communication back and forth, handwritten from uh, Jim to Sam, and Sam to Jim, and Jim to Sam. And I guess they actually did write letters, right? Because I think they're like anxious to see what the yeah. replies were. So that's interesting. Anyway, the aroma on this guy is... Oh, it's also brewed in the original... It's also it's aged in the original barrels that were used for the triple block. Oh, it's it not, not only that, but the first barrel, the first uh, spirit whiskey barrel that ever contained beer. Barrel number one. Yeah. You know, because back in... 1993, I think, is when they first did the triple buck. You know, no one was putting beer in barrels. And the first barrel they put Sam Adams' triple buck in was used with flowers. That beer, that barrel's going to be in a museum someday. Yes. Well, I mean, the first that we know of, let's put it that way. All right. So the, the aroma is... Mm. It's 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 a little floral, kind of chamomile. Yeah, yeah, a big floral aroma. I, I'm potpourri-ish just thinking, yeah. sort of. 
not quite as not not quite as uh, overwhelming as potpourri can be. Mm-hmm. Had a um a, a, a Weizen from uh, Smutty Nose or Summer Weizen, and it's uh, spiced with chamomile on Friday, and uh, similar to this, but it was that one was very um, tame in the chamomile. It wasn't you know crazy over the top. I really liked how that was done. So if you can check that out, check out the uh, Summer Weizen from Smutty Nose. I'm not getting really much beyond yeah, that chamomile aroma, flower aroma. But it is called Saver Flowers, so what else could you really expect? Hmm. I just breathe, I just instead of breathing into my nose, I breathe into my mouth and I actually got some other things. I got um I wanna say like not like not black licorice, but red licorice, you know, like like on a strawberry or something. Maybe a hint of like strawberry. Maybe it's like rose. But I know there's you know rose water, so I don't want to jump yeah. too much on the rose petals or anything. We'll give it a taste, and it's confusing at first because it's different. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a honey flavor. There, okay, right? Yeah, big honey. Um, oh, hmm. there's lots of interesting kind of floral notes that, that, that bounce off around each other. So there's like a there's a hibiscus note, and there's um, definitely a chamomile note. There, there's uh, some some small spicy notes too. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's I'm getting some like vanilla type characters. There's something like that. Yeah, maybe that's from the barrel. There's, I or bet something. that's from the barrel. But I really like how those are playing because there's like these. Um, oh, how do I want to put it? It's not really. I guess like um, not not really like candy, but oh, you know, kind of like like Indian sweets type flavors. You know, like like kind of not over sweet, but you know, a little bit sweet. You know, mm-hmm. like how like an Indian sweet would be. You know, kind of a savory sweet. The flavor reminds me a lot of of um, Indian rose candy, you know, true Indian. Okay, <laughs> uh, the the rose candies you can get there. Um, they have rose water in them, and they're sort of. Um, they're sort of a gelatin mm-hmm. type thing, uh, and like I said before, I told Jeff and I was telling some other people that those candies can go rancid pretty quickly, so you got to eat them pretty fresh. I don't know where that's going to be the case with this beer because it's it's you know it's sealed and everything. Yeah, I mean I think it's you know touching the air is probably what causes that to oxidize or whatever makes it go rancid. Where you know this is sealed, but yeah, I mean I. I think the the bright flavors that really are showcased in this beer will probably fade, and you, you know, don't sell over this one. Yeah, um, if you you know if you got it at Saver, drink it now. Um, or sell it now. <laughs> if, if you're, yeah, if you're selling it on eBay, good for you. But if you're buying it on eBay, shame on you. <laughs> I mean, not shame. Shame's not the right word. But um, you know, it's like when I saw it was charged, you know, going for hundred bucks, hundred twenty bucks on eBay. You know. Uh, Hart from you know you know Hart Johnson he yeah. he tweeted back he's like well with all the rare in there with all that rare flavor in there I'm sure it, you know it's going I'm not surprised it's going for that much so can you taste the rare yeah I mean this is different than any other beer I've had I guess I mean yes it is different I guess that's the way to put it, it is unique if you're you know out there to you know check everything off on your list you need to need to have it at yeah, any price right. 
I was, uh, you know, I'm surprised this bottle was a crazy shaped bottle. It's weird. And I'm curious if Sam Adams puts anything else in this shaped bottle, because I'm just shocked that they had a unique bottle designed for, what, 2,000 bottles of beer? Mm-hmm. You know, that were made for Saver? Um, they have to get bottle and label approval, obviously. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you have to get label approval. But, I mean, that's not a big deal. And silk screening them, you know, around a 2,000. But getting unique glass made for Saver, that's what shocked me. Yeah, we still don't know there's a there's CBR on the... This is like on seal. Of, it was on top of the cork, too. And we don't know what that means. And we don't believe it means craft beer radio. We're hoping, but... Um, I'll have to ask Jim. Yeah. But so that that could be... They, they could be appropriated for some other um, use. Mm-hmm. And that's what the CBR is, is. And they just took these and silk screen saver flowers on it. Which would make more sense because this is a unique kind of bottle design. Yeah. Like I was saying, I'm, I was shocked that they would have designed... A unique bottle just for two thousand bottles of beer given away at Saver. But maybe maybe these days you can have runs that small. I don't know. I mean if you get one of those those make machines, right? <laughs> have you seen those? They're like they does like twelve hundred bucks and then Was you can three D printers? Yeah. You, the, the, yeah. Greg's talking about a three D printer that prints out like plastic so you can make pieces yeah. of stuff. Yeah, they're pretty neat. Expensive and useless toys, but they're neat. Well, if you're prototyping stuff, it's useful. But we it, yeah, well, if you're prototyping stuff, then you get a much more expensive and different thing. This is It's really more of a hobbyist oh, type thing. Right. Well, let's take this offline. Yeah. Talk about some more later. I'm enjoying this. Um, I mm-hmm. don't think... I'm, I don't know. It's hard to say if I'd be enjoying it if I you know, dropped 130 bucks on it, but I'm enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know if it's worth 130 bucks. I mean, I think it's it's worth like 20 if you're going to spend 130 bucks on a Sam Adams beer, buy Utopias. Yes. This is... But I, I... This is why I think that they'll probably make some more of this or something along those lines. I mean, like I said, they mm-hmm. use experimental hop. I bet they'll use this hop again. They're trying to do different things with the water. They used... Um, Distilling the rose water. I mean, that's that's yeah. labor-intensive. I, I don't know if that could... I mean, I could see dogfish doing more stuff like that in their pub. I'm... Not sure that they'll be able to put that in production. It says here, uh, rose syrup made with lemon juice and rose petals from Italy, and then uh, there's a tincture with a multi-flower that was used to combine with it. So, uh, the big thing that they decide to do, and what's you can... A, what's the tincture? I was reading that. I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you were just pretending you knew. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard it before. I know it's something to do with... Um, I, th- I think it's, I think it's evaporation. I think it has something to do with it. Yeah, I think it's a process that has something to do with evaporation, but I'm not totally sure. And, you know, if, if we weren't doing these live, I would look it up right now. Right. We're doing it live. We were getting, uh, you were looking this up and you saw that um, beer advocates don't like this beer. Yeah, I was looking at the beer advocate stuff for it and because there is no page for it. I actually linked to the beer advocate. You'll see that on our page, on our show notes. But. The the beer advocate uh, it's getting like a, a C yeah a, a BA score of C, which is pretty. Uh, it's only seven reviews so far, so it's not a hugely reviewed beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and seeing as how there's only a run of two thousand, it's never going to be a hugely reviewed beer. But a score of C, there were some that are like D pluses. The highest score is a B. 
and especially for a high alcohol beer on Beer Advocate, that's pretty rare. Yeah, I mean, I'd give it, I don't know, uh, a B at the outside, and B plus, A minus. I mean, it's good. I'm enjoying yeah, it. I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Interesting that they call it a Scottish Gruet slash Ancient Herbdale. It's not a Gruet. It has hops in it. So I don't know why they... You have to add a category. What, what other category would you put it in if it wasn't the Ancient Herbdale? Oh, it's, it's a strong ale. And that's... Uh, Strong ale has other connotations. I, yeah. I, I think it fits best in this. I mean, it's either there, or it's like fruit spice, you know, even though yeah. it's not technically fruit, it's just herb. So, yeah. I, I mean, that's but, just a function of the website. Yes, but if you if you listen to the... I wonder if they're going to put this in the Great American Beer Fest, so they're going to have this up for running. They might. Oh, who knows? Um, but is there does that, does that have to be a certain production limit to put your beers up in the Great American Beer Fest? That's a good question. I don't know the answer. I, I, I don't think so. I, I, Greg's asking if they were going to enter this for judging in the GABF. Um, my first guess would be no, this was a one-off for Saver. Uh-huh. You know, I, I don't know, though. But, I mean, it doesn't have to be one, you know, it doesn't have, beers you enter don't have to be production beers or, or like, at least hugely available beers. They can be just something, anything you make, really. All right, you want to move on? Yeah, uh, and I just want to add that you can listen to um, Sam and Jim in one of the salons. They talk about this beer and how, you know, their main idea was to not just play with the ingredients, but really play with the water, which is something Mm -hmm. that's never played with in other beers. Um, unfortunately, it's one of the poorer-sounding podcasts because the uh, Sam's mic wasn't working, and I think most of Sam's voice was being picked up over Jim's mic. And I tried. I, I, I think I did an okay job at fixing it, but I got a comment from someone saying that that was the worst-sounding one so far, even though I think that there's a couple other ones. I really won't call them out by name, but there was some of the, the there was a lot of overmodulation in, in two other of the uh, salons. Yeah. So. I think you'll tend to find the, the private-tasting ones. A much better sounding. What I think the problem was, and I, I, I sent a feedback back to uh, Julia and Nancy at the Brewers Association. I, I'm not a public announce, a PA system guy, you know. But if I had to guess, I don't think the speakers in that room were loud enough, and I think the guy was overdriving the board, and that was screwing us up. I think that's what the problem was. Yeah. So I'm wondering, well, we can talk about this later. Yeah. So anyway, um, let's move. One. What do you want to do next? Um, let's do the uh, let's do the Simcoe. All right. So we got this beer from Flying Dog. They sent it to us the other day. Their Imperial IPA Simcoe Single Hopped. So this is a new beer that they're putting out. I don't know if they're going to do it with different hops. That would be interesting if they do kind of like what the uh, the Sam Adams is doing with the uh, Latitude, where they're doing the uh, deconstructed. Right. Maybe this is maybe they're going to do an imperial IPA. I hate to do the speculation. See if you can Google this real quick. Um, see if they're going to do a series of different single hops, or if this is a new production beer, or what the deal is here. Well, I mean, I have the page. They have the Simcoe single hop IPA, uh, Simcoe single hop imperial IPA. They don't have. Let's see if they have any other ones. This is the first. I, I'm just curious if they're yes. They have a series. centennial single hop. Okay. So okay, maybe it's not the first. 
that would be more interesting to me. I'm not a huge fan of Simcoe as a single hop. I think it, it's a little bracing. So you've had the Latitude 48 Simcoe single hop? Yes. I haven't. See, I tend to think I like Simcoe you know, as a hop. I'm thinking of you know the uh, Weyerbacher double IPA is a big Simcoe beer. Uh, so I, you know, I'm going to go in here thinking that I like Simcoe, but we'll see where it ends up. Um, as we're ta- drinking uh, Flying Dog, we should talk about they just recently pulled out of a whole bunch of states. They are refocusing closer to home, and and actually they um, they referenced um, Andy Couch's article about the uh, the the golden. Was it they, was that what they called the golden age of beer or whatever? But you know, a lot of these people are like because of they've realized instead of doing this whole nationwide thing loose, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a loose cover of the whole country, which is what Flying Dog was doing, you know, they're switching back to a dense coverage of a local area. I assume they're still in Colorado. That's where they started. So I assume. Yeah, I don't think there. they pulled out of Colorado. They pulled out of a lot of stuff that I mean, you know, now they're the beers comes from Frederick, right, Maryland. So they're really focusing on that mid-Atlantic region there. And, you know, so we're still included. We'll right. still find Flying Dog here in Pittsburgh. But it would be a shame if they pulled out of Colorado. I think, you know, if anything, if anything, you know, there would be Colorado and not surrounding states. Yeah. Right? It'd be a shame if they really pulled out of Colorado. While you're talking, I will pull up the press release that they sent me. Okay, I'll give you some information on this beer. This is 10% alcohol by volume. Uh, 70 IBUs, 20.5 degrees Play-Dohs, hopped with solely Simcoe with an American ale yeast. It's, uh, let's see. I'm trying to look, look through this for any other. So this is uh, the debut release in their single hop Imperial IPA series. So they're definitely going on through a series. And like I said, that I saw on their website there's also a Centennial. Uh, Simcoe is, is kind of a bracing hop. It's uh, It's very strong. Centennial, on the other hand, is more of a grapefruity, uh, orangey type hop. Mm-hmm. Um, so Simcoe's high alpha. So the the color is a uh, a light orange, a yeah, light to medium dark, orange. dark gold, light orange. Uh, here's the states that they're pulling out of. So get your visual map up and, and right, start ticking yeah. them off. Alaska, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana. So all in the northwest. In the northwest. And then we got New Mexico, Arizona. Southwest, Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri, Kansas, Louisiana, and Arkansas. Yes, yeah, so it's really they kind of cut a swath. I guess they're still in California. They're still in Colorado. I mean, yeah, I mean, big they're still big in Oregon. States. You know, Oregon. No, uh, no, out of Oregon. They're out of Oregon. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they're they're yeah still in Colorado, obviously, because mm-hmm. they came from Colorado. They can't stop. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're definitely pulling out of states, and you know they. Um, Oh, Jim. Yeah, Jim, um, you know, he wrote a letter, you know, saying, you know, we'll be back as soon as we can. But, you know, they, they just need to focus on, you know, meeting their needs in their local markets. And it makes more sense. It's more profitable to sell the beer locally instead of shipping it all the way across the country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, okay, so California still gets it. Well, California's a pretty big state, you know. It, yeah. It, you know, makes sense to, to sell in California. I mean, like, Victory. You know, I think they sold in California, like, before they sold anywhere, like, anywhere in the West, anywhere on the other side of the Mississippi. You know, they went to California first, you know, so it, it makes sense to sell there. Okay, back to the Simcoe Single Hopped. Yeah, it's pretty aggressive on the nose. It's, uh, let me see what I got here. 
very strong, what, what I would refer to as biological aroma. It's, um, it's not really pee. I mean, I'm not getting pee. I'm getting, it's this resinous. It's definitely this, like, really funky pine. Yeah, it's not piney like a, a Chinook would be, but it's like this... It's it's along those lines. I mean, bracing is the be- is is the best word I can come up with because mm-hmm. it's just you know it really kind of it, it almost takes you aback how strong it is. See the flavor. I like the flavor though. The flavor on it. There's a lot of malt in there to back this thing up. So it's That's not true. it's not big and bitter and gross. There's a lot of malt. The 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 bitterness, the hop flavor that does come through, is is pretty. Uh, I don't want to describe this. I don't know. To me, it gets a little. It gets strong, and it gets kind of. It it's does kind of, get kind of gross near the end. It, it's a little bit of. Um, I want to say like like um, underripe orange, right? So you got that green orange type flavor. Like think of a really hard, not ready to eat orange. I get a little bit of that. But there's a part, and I don't want to sound too gross with this, but there's a part of kind of like moldy bread kind of taste, and. I see where you're going. I mean, there's a little bit of... When I said it was like um, funky resinous, right? There's a little bit that is not too dissimilar from when we talk about sewer drain and, and yeah. other bacterial infections. Um, I'm not tasting the... The mouthfeel is completely different from those kind of things. So I'm not tasting the the, the gross bacteria, mm-hmm. you know, um, side effects. But yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of... Re- it's a little reminiscent of, of some of those flavors, so I can see where you're going from. I mean, now Simcoe to me is... I mean, it's not a hop that I say don't use, because I think it works great when combined with other hops. Just the single hops. Yeah, the single hop to me, it, it doesn't it doesn't work well, because it's, it's just too bracing. It just has too much of, a, of, of an off flavor that you need something more floral. You need something grassy. You need something to kind of balance out these strong alphas that you're getting from the Simcoe. I hear what you're saying. I don't think I'm, I'm torn because I, I'm enjoying drinking this beer. I am enjoying the. It's kind of. I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to pick my words on how I want to describe this because I'm like thinking like hop candy, but no, it's not. It's not the hop candy. It's not man candy by any means. But there's a the malt the build they put in this beer is awesome. It really supports the hop, and it makes the the hop come across a little sweeter and more candied. Than it otherwise would be, where it could be this um, resinous, stinky, you know, abrasing hop, and I don't find it bracing in this one. So, I mean, try to you know take out your previous experience a little bit, and I mean, if make I'm sure trying that, okay. to, I'm trying to judge it, mm-hmm. you know, on its own as a beer, and I agree with you that the malt here is doing is doing the hop a lot of service. Um, you know, it's a strong maltiness. The hop is so strong that it needs a very strong maltiness to give it a balance. Now, here's here's something to consider. I mean, I, I presume you're comparing this a lot against the Sam Adams. I'm not. Simcoe's. Okay. So the Sam Adams is slightly different because I don't know what was going on here, but the Sam Adams they have this one IPA recipe that they're using right. for the latitude, and they had the same recipe right. they're using for right. all of their beers, and then they have different right. hops. So it's, so the control is the malt bill. Right. And the variable is the hop. So I could see where in that kind of experiment, a Simcoe could like, you know, hitch upside the head, right? 
where you know these guys are saying hey, Simcoe will hit you upside the head. So let's balance it out. Right. You know, so I can see where this would be could could lead to a better balance right cuz i'm i'm sure that bob and and you know and matt brophy um they know the hop you're not going to use right. the hop unless yeah. you know it i'm sure these guys are going to say hey this beer needs a huge malt backbone to balance out the simcoe and and i i think it works i like it i mean i definitely agree i I'm it not, is I it's a screamer of an ipa right if you're not a hophead you know this isn't for you i'm saying it's a screamer of an ipa but i'm enjoying it and and you know come to think of it that's kind of interesting because i really haven't been on a hop fix as of late i've been continually dis- up until friday i've been continually disappointed by um, some hoppy beers <laughs> i think that hops when the when the weather gets hotter the hops come out mm-hmm. uh they, they for some reason they help i had my first mission brewing beer their ipa on friday it was good it was big i mean I hate to say that a beer from San Diego is an English-style IPA. I think they'd probably hear that as an insult. But it had a bigger malt bill than your average West Coast IPA. I, I love I like a big that. malty IPA. I, I like really that. Do. Um, I'm just not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not getting this. I mean, I'm I trying. Hear. I'm judging it mm-hmm. on its own. I'm I not hear. judging it with. But it's just that the Simcoe is is a is is too strong for me. It's overwhelming. Should talk a little bit about the glasses we're using tonight. Mm. These are glasses that we got at Saver. Uh, they were handing these out at the private tasting salon. Um, they're from uh, Spiegelau. 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 They're German. They uh, make these uh, nice glassware. Uh, I didn't get to talk with the guy there, the rep there, but he apparently he lives in Pittsburgh, so we're going to have to yeah, um, hook up with him. John, uh, who helped us, John, D- John Dingle and I, talked to him for a while, and he explained that... Uh, that he's done taste testings with the he, glasses. And, he told and me the, in like three seconds that like these beer, these glasses like like are amazing. They'll, they'll change your life, right? And I'm like, you know, I told him right off. I'm skeptical. I'll need yeah. you know proof. He's like, I'll I'll, I'll I'll change your mind, right? So I mean, these glasses. What we have here is a, is a nice big, um, not they're not snifters. They're kind of tulipish, almost half half snifter, half tulip. Yeah. But I mean, what they have going for them are two things. Um, Exceedingly thin glass. Yes. The other thing that's interesting is that there's no rim at the top. It's like just sliced off. And that's that's really the unique thing about this glass from other glasses, right? That that I that I can see by observing it. Um and he was saying to us that like a pint glass will kill your beer. Well, it's too done. thick. Sure. It's it's got uh it doesn't have you know the flare the flayed edge it it it, it doesn't have the thinness that this mm-hmm. these, these glasses have. I want to compare this to one of my like I, those modit snifters that I mm-hmm. have. They're a thicker glass but same shape, right? Right. I'd like to do. Greg and I have talked about this before. I'd like to do a blind tasting, but even if you're blindfolded, when the glass hits your lips, when you're holding it in your hand, you could probably even those modit glasses. Are very similar. We might not tell. I think the audit will be heavier because mm-hmm. thick glass, and we would just know. So, how do you do a blind tasting with the glass? I don't think it's possible. I think you have to just try not to prejudice you know, yourself. Try to prejudice yourself, which we know is impossible. Mm-hmm. But you just have to, you know, try to do it as much as you know, as much as you can. Um, the biggest shock about this glass is I always thought the little groove around the top of the glass, the same atoms 
promotes it in their Sam Adams yeah. glass. That little groove around the top of the glass creates some turbulence as it pours into your mouth and releases more flavor. Where this one is just like laser sliced off. You know, you're not going to get that part. So either that's Sam Adams marketing and not as important or, you know. But who knows? I mean, it probably is. I mean, the Sam Adams glass is probably 50% marketing and 50% science, right? right? I mean, the beers taste good in that glass. But it's still only fifty. But the, yeah, that, that's that's another question: is is are, is the beer tasting good because it's an interesting glass, or is the beer tasting good because it's? I think it's fifty percent science, fifty percent marketing, right? As are most things, mm-hmm. <laughs> as we find out. So uh, let's go on to the brew dog. Oh, Gary sent this to us. Very special release from uh, very brew dog, April 29th, twenty eleven, Royal Virility Performance. Wow. Gary is a is a champ. I don't I don't even want to know what what this beer costs. I didn't even know it was sold in America. So um, the story behind this beer is this was a beer brewed for the royal wedding for Prince William, and the original um, conception of this beer contained some Viagra. Right. So he could keep it up, and they sent a six pack to Buckingham Palace. Whatnot. Apparently, this bottle. Has well, you can buy it from you can buy it from the website for ten pounds. No, oh, okay. So there are only a thousand bottles available, and apparently it was shipped the twentieth of April. So it's probably you can't buy it anymore. But it's only ten pounds. It was not. This artisanal ale is an India pale ale laced with aphrodisiacs, including herbal Viagra, chocolate, ginseng, and horny goat weed. Here's no, the, we're not kidding. To ensure Will's Will doesn't get stage fright on the big night. Here's what here's what I find interesting. This is okay. Here's some marketing speak that I'll, I'll actually read. According to the specially commissioned label, the Royal Virility performance contains herbal Viagra, chocolate, goat weed, and a healthy dose of sarcasm. Yeah, look, look down here in the bump says warning may contain sarcasm. Yeah. Seven point five percent alcohol by volume. Uh, it's an IPA. Uh, and it brewed in the Brewdog Brewery in Frostersburg. So, I mean, the article I first read about Royal Virility is that it had like a half a Viagra in each bottle. <laughs> Something like that. Um, or maybe a third of Viagra. And it says on there, celebrate your... Celebrate your extra day off Big Willie style. <laughs> yes. Because the British got an extra day off for the royal wedding. And most of them, a lot of them went to the beach instead of watching the ridiculous, over-publicized nuptials. But, hey, you know. So, so Gary actually... That's not our thing. It's more of a... I, I, mean, think, I think Gary wanted me to drink this alone so I can give Heather a good evening. But I, well, I wanted to share it with Greg here. So. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's did, the implication. Did that, that come out the way that I... No, I think... <laughs> wow, this is a stinky IPA. Sure is. There's a little bit of pineapple pineapple in there, but there's a whole bunch of like think of like have you ever Ooh. smelled <laughs> have you ever smelled like like a, a gr- like you cut the grass, you throw the grass in a pile and you let it like ferment for like three or four days. You get a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's sort of a, a compost type aroma, right? That is a weird... Maybe that's the horny goat weed. Who knows? But that is a weird smell. That is a... 
That's a rough IPA smell right there. It's a it's a more it's a darker orange. It has a small head on it. I never expected to taste this beer. I have to thank Gary again and again. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, this is yeah. Th- this is something that I mean. Well, we've done at least two beers here that most people are not going to be able to drink. Now you sound like you're rubbing it in when you say it that. Way. I, I I don't mean to rub it. In. I'm just saying that this you know this is an interesting show because of that because yeah. we try not to do this as much as possible. I kind of put it together tonight though because we're doing the Saber Flower, so yeah. might as well do the Royal Virility and you know and the, you know this this single hop Simcoe from Flying Dog. Yeah, the single hop Simcoe is is a is rare. I mean you know it's hard. It's limited availability. So yeah, it it it's um. We apologize. There's a, there's a thyme. Do you smell thyme in the aroma? I'm smelling like uh Yeah, there's something along those lines. There's a, you know, thyme is kind of a, a um, herbal licorice, I guess you could say. Sort of a celery licorice combination. I, um, I just smelled that because I'm like, that reminds me of, the, you know, a marinade or something that I made recently. I'm yeah. like, why does that smell like a marinade? Oh, thyme. Yeah, it smells just like thyme. So yeah. There we go. And yeah, celery is a great aromatic, and you know you can buy that with licorice, and you kind of get time, sort of, sort of, kind of. Can't take my first sip. Oh my god, things are rising. What the hell? <laughs> oh, wait, this is an April Fool's. I'm sorry. That's uh, kind of spicy, actually. I yeah, mean, it's, it's it's a weird spiciness to it. Hmm. What's twenty goatweed? Is it? Is it I'm kind of thinking like milkweed, but I, it's probably nothing like milkweed. I'm I'm really not sure what horny goat. I mean, I've is. never I never tasted milkweed, but I've I've smelled it. I you know I've goofed around with it. I played with it. You know, as a kid, it, it, this kind of reminds me of milkweed a little bit for some reason. I mean, the, the thing about horny goatweed is you know is it called an aphrodisiac simply because it has the word horny in it? I, I don't I don't know. This will be the kind of thing we try to Google incognito, or you know, subtly as as we're trying to keep the show going. Oh, I can taste the chocolate. The second taste, I could taste the chocolate in there. It's um, it's deep. It's deep in underneath there, but I can definitely taste sort of a undercurrent. It's not very good quality chocolate. <laughs> Horny Goatweed, more than just a name? Behind the funny name of Horny Goatweed stands a time-tested aphrodisiac that increases the libido in men and women and improves erectile function in men, known as... Oh, Greek... Uh, or yin-yang. There we go, yin-yang. Yin-yang. Anyway, that's boring. Let's go back to this beer. I haven't got the chocolate yet. It just keeps coming back to like there's almost like tastes like there's chilies in there. It's it's a little spicy. That's that's the main thing I'm getting out of this. That you know, other than the the, the IPA part of it. Here's here's it, here's what Wikipedia says. The active ingredient is something called Icarian, Icarian, which we found the sandrise extracts from five to fifty to sixty percent potent. Icarian um, has. Is purported to work by increasing levels of nitric oxide, which relax smooth muscle. It has been demonstrated to relax rabbit penile tissue by nitric oxide. 
Mm, Other research has demonstrated that injections of it directly into the penis of rat results increase in an increase in penile blood pressure. So there you go. <laughs> hey Heather, here I come. Hmm. It's it's different. I wouldn't call it drinkable. No. No. I, I wouldn't call it bad, but I wouldn't call it drinkable. It's kind of it's I guess the most polite way to put it would be complex. Yes. It's there's a lot of things going on. Not all of them are are really interesting. The, I, I, I'm not sure interesting. <laughs> not all of them are good. <laughs> there, there are. You know, here, here's the problem with it. I think I don't think there's a good base beer there. I think that there are some interesting ingredients, and there might be some interesting flavors there, but the base beer does not strike me as very good. The, the beer, the you know, the, the base that it's on, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's a very good beer. So if you were royalty, you know, some stuck-up prince who probably drinks Budweiser, and you got this sent in. <laughs> this would not spit it impress. out. Yeah. It almost tastes like some medicine that you have to take at that point, you know? Unless you were just really convinced that this would give you a boner. Well, that's it. It tastes like medicine if you're not a craft beer person. Yeah. They're really digging into the flavors. Potion. I mean... It tastes like a potion. Imagine somebody would give you... It, 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 there's, there's an interesting distinction here between what you can throw into a wine and what you can throw into a beer, right? I mean, a wine mm-hmm. has to taste a certain way. I mean, they can taste different, right? But there has to be, there, there are certain cate- there's certain sort of categoristic things that you need to have in a wine. It needs to be, it, it needs to be viable, flavorful, right? I mean, it can't be just this, this sort of mismosh of, of different uh, tastes and expect people to, Go for it. Whereas beer has, mm-hmm. you know, is is different in that way. And then, let, let me throw something at you here. Capers. Try to like think of capers that aren't salty. Yeah, I'm getting like a caper flavor. It's not. A, it's, it's not a bad pick. I I think it works. Yeah, it's without being fishy, mm-hmm. but right, yeah, right. Um, yeah. Okay, I can definitely go with that. So here's the next question for you. This next beer, we have uh, Walker's Reserve Porter, Firestone Walker. It's supposed to be an amazing beer. I'm not sure we can appreciate it after our tongues are wrecked with these last couple beers. Why not? Okay. I was going to ask you if you want to go on with it or not. <laughs> I don't want to waste an amazing beer that I, you know, we bought this down in D.C. It's a, it's a porter. I'm sure it's going to be strongly different, and that should help our tongues, you know, change. I feel, it. my tongue feels like it's, like, destroyed after this beer. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily agree with you. Okay. I mean, if you want to open it, I'll open it. But I was going give, to give you the out because I fear that I can't appreciate it. Maybe it'll stun me and like, hey, bring me back down to earth on what an amazing beer can taste like. What's interesting is that this, is, this will be the lowest alcohol beer of the night. I can pull out another big beer and we can save this Walker's Reserve for another night. Um, no, it's up to you. I, mean, it's I think we you. should save it. I think we should save this beer. I just don't want to dismiss it because our tongues are wrecked. All right. Because it's a 5.8% porter that I don't want to overhype it, but I've heard 
really good things about this beer. That's why I picked it up down in D.C. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to pause here and we're going to pick something else out. Okay, we're back. And we still got a little bit more of the Royal Virility Performance to finish. Ooh. I don't think I want to pour it out. I think I want to... Yeah, I want, I want to... It, it's not, to me, as bracing as the Simcoe was. It, it's There's still stuff there. Mm-hmm. It's not terrible. It's not great. It's just really different. We've had three beers here. That are really very strongly different from one another. At least two that are very different from any beers I've ever tasted. A beer to stir the loins of newlywed princes and to cure the stammer of stuttering kings. <laughs> I get it. It's a king speech. Yes, joke. they're they're catching it, cashing in on the uh, yeah the the, the uh, Oscar hype, I guess. So, I mean, I, do you taste the chocolate? I never got around to the chocolate, no. I never never dug out the chocolate flavor. I mean, it was this, that, that time, that, that piney IPA mixed with um, the Viagra, you know. Horny goat weed. Horny goat weed, indeed. Okay, so the um, the beer we pulled out, we pulled out a bigger flavor, flavorful beer that we'll know we'll be able to taste. It's only 11.5% ABV. <laughs> Good thing we're in a 9 fluid ounce... Really? That's only a 9.3 fluid ounce bottle. <laughs> Doesn't look like a 12 ounce bottle to you? Not side by side, but... Yeah. Doesn't look like a baby bottle. We have J.W. Lee's Harvest Ale Matured in, drumroll please, Lagavulin Whiskey Casks. Wow. And if you've listened to any CBR lately, you know that Jeff is in love with Lagavulin. It is my favorite Scotch whiskey. Now, we've had this beer before, Asian Calvados, which is apple Apple brandy. brandy. Yeah. And actually, I've had Lagavulin before on Philly Beer Week, um, the Monk... Oh my god. <laughs> Damn beer. Well, anyway, you've had uh, it the, the 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 Tom Peters's place is called and everyone's Tom screaming at me place. right now. Everyone is screaming at me right now. I know his name, so I get a pass. Um Philly Beer Week, they had a cask of this on the bar. He bought the whole cask. And we we drank it, and well, I didn't. Not me and Tom. I mean, it sounded like me and Tom were drinking alone. No, I, I paid for my glass, and and it was it was delicious. So here we go. All right. Well, make remember this. Only it's a smaller glass, so I don't pour as much. Yeah, so again, what we have here is J.W. Lee's Harvest in Lagavulin casks. Lagavulin is a Islay Scotch. Um, really, really, really smoky. Um, you had the Lefroy a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Legvulin is not as sweet as Lefroy, but just as smoky. It's campfire. I mean, we're talking about campfire here. Right. Okay. 
and and oh, you can smell it. And J.W. Lee's is you know it's barley wine. Yeah, it's just big, big beer. Eleven and eleven and a half percent. Yeah, this was on the shelf down at the liquor store across the street from Pizza Paradiso in D.C. No idea what it was called. Um, apparently, a good place because they had a shelf that had uh, Sink the Bismarck and Tactical Nuclear Penguin. Tactical Nuclear Penguin on it and Utopias. And Utopias all on the same shelf. Uh, right at the front door, you know, they had the the Firestone Walker that we grabbed that we decided not to drink tonight. A lot of other beers. The, I the, the who's that we got? Oh, yeah. you got a, you got a good goose or Hughes, however you want to say it. Um, still haven't got a definitive pronunciation yeah. on that one. Uh, really, I mean, yeah, we walked into a hell of a liquor store there. I just, you know, I wish we had sort of, you know, more money to spend. But since we spent so much money on on meals. <laughs> I mean, we probably had money to spend. But yeah, we could have. We could have. We could have. I just well, but I don't think I could have brought any more home. My the the beers that we got at there, the take home from Saver. All, my my bag. I could. I'm I'm drunk. It's four in the morning, and I'm trying to pack. And I'm like, how am I going to fit all this shit into my one and a half bags? <laughs> and um, you should have asked me. I had plenty of room. I made it all fit, but man, yeah. it was it was tight. <laughs> Uh, well, we, he couldn't have asked me because I was asleep at the time. Yeah, yeah. I had the good sense to actually go to sleep at <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. I was out till three thirty. Um, oh man, I was out till three thirty with uh, Jamie Barlow, craft beer listener and uh, saver helper. Yes, and, uh, it was. Uh, it was good times. Good times. Ooh, that tastes good. <laughs> Give that a taste. JW Lee's normally does. Oh, that's it. Tastes a little smoky, a little uh, not duh, laggable and no, but it tastes more like barbecue than it does like scotch, doesn't it? Tastes it has a sweet barbecue type flavor to it. I'm not doing very big sips of this. I'm doing very small sips. <laughs> Notice how much more cloudy mine is than yours, also. Yeah, I got the bottom bottle. Very smoky. Comes from Lagavulin, of course. It's. Yeah, barley wine is just, it's very sweet. I mean, sweet on, you know, compared to the other stuff, it's very sweet. Uh, it, it, it's it's sweet on, on the tongue, but, you know, not overtly so. The smokiness really does help kind of mute the sweetness. Um, oh, that's good. It's very good. It beer, is. Isn't it? It's just like, it's just pleasurable, like on level after level. Yeah. It just sits on your tongue. It's like, oh, look, there's there's this barbecue smoke. Oh, there's more malt. Oh, mm-hmm. there's this peat smoke. Oh, there's... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I think that horny goat weed is affecting you. Maybe it is. <laughs> I would like to take a sip of yours without as much yeast and, and sediment to see how yeah, it compares. It's not that much different. Yours is a little muddier, just slightly. Yeah, just a little more muddy. It's actually a little more... Um, Stronger too. It's a little. The flavors are stronger. Yeah, a little stronger. A little more creamy-ish. Uh, creamy yeah. is a hard. You know, it's not cream. It's not milk. It's not fatty. But it's a little more creamy than uh, than, than Greg's is. I'm surprised at how how much it reminds me of like pork barbecue, though. <laughs> it, it really does. It really is driving home pork barbecue. I'm not too surprised because it is so smoky. Um, and that, you know, 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, you know, that, that's what barbecue is. It's really just a flavor of smoke. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like a balloon is that is that peat smoke. It's more campfire than than it is meatiness, and this really has that meatiness. You know, the barley wine must be pulling through the melanoidins in the barley wine. Caramelization of the meat must have something in, must something similar. This is good. This is really good. Yeah, you. I don't think I want to drink all nine point three ounces by myself, though. It no. might be a little overpowering. <laughs> this, this is. This is tr- I mean, like I, I've I taken a, a feel, tiny bit of sip for a little this. I, I mean, wouldn't this feel is, bad about splitting this three, maybe four ways. Mm-hmm. And I just took a little bit there. I mean, there's plenty left. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna take our time. We're gonna enjoy this. We're gonna take this into the post show. So let's do some ranking. Okay. As I turn not to burp into the microphone. Well, I know what my thing is. Go for it, because I'm... Well, the J.W. Lee's wins. I mean, there's no way around that. It's, it's, it's the best beer of the bunch, and it's just so tasty and so good. But it's a sipper. It is a dessert beer, and it is a beer you want to share with other people. Um, 11.5% It's strong uh, I don't have a, what I paid for it. I, There isn't a price tag on it So I'm not sure So 11.5% Very strong Don't open this Thinking that you're Going to get Oh you didn't pound this down You're not This is a strong beer Strong flavors It's going to stay with you I, Like I said I think you want to Save this Split it three Four ways Yeah Savor Flowers Is my next beer very unique, very interesting. I like the flavors. I like the idea. I think that there will be some more variations on this coming from either of the two breweries at some point. I would not be surprised if... Yeah, I, I don't think this this will be the only chance you get to taste something along this, these lines. But it's different. It's it's, it's pretty um, strongly different from from other beers you've had just the the the, the way the water is it, it it's it's just a it's a very different experience but i like it um the next two just you know are not on the same level uh royal virility performance is a unique <laughs> beer i'll give it that there are some interesting flavors in there it's not very good it's not very bad it's just not very good either it's it's kind of it's kind of a mediocre beer but it's it's funny as as a beer in itself, you know, heavy dose of sarcasm, etc. My last, simply because I'm just not a big fan of of Soul Simcoe, and other people may be. If you're a big Simcoe fan, you probably will enjoy this a lot. I'm not. I like Simcoe as an ad, you know, as a as an additive for other with other hops. I think Simcoe works, but I don't think Simcoe works alone. I think it needs other other hops to balance it out. It it and it doesn't. It, it's way too strong on its own. So the Flying Dog Simcoe is my very last. I am I'm really struggling with the top two, and it's between the Flowers and the GW Lees. And I, I like this JB Lees a lot, but I think I might have to put Flowers on top. It, it was more drinkable. I mean, this is good, the sipper, but the the Flowers there was like. It was it was just really drinkable for for being such a flowery and, that's and true, herbal that's beer, true. and uh, I'm so I'm gonna put him on top. Which you know the beer advocate guys are like you know ah what are you talking about D plus? No, I'm I'm giving them a a good A minus B plus somewhere in there. Indeed, 
Um, J.B. Lee's number two. Uh, you know, I love Lagavulin. You know, the pork barbecue flavor that's giving me. I'm loving that, too. Um, hell of a beer. Uh, number three. Again, it's tough. It's uh, I'm going to make the Flying Dog number three. I enjoyed that beer. I thought it was good and drinkable. I thought that the malt backbone to, to do the single hop Sipco was where it needed to be. And number four, I'll have to say, you know, hard luck loser in this thing. It, it was an interesting beer. It was not a drinkable beer. It was a complex beer. It was a mm-hmm. thought-provoking. It was an exercise. Well, the J.W. is not a very drinkable beer no, either. No, no. You're right. But the uh, the Royal Virilli performance was a, an exercise in in tasting beer. And while it wasn't bad, it, it wasn't you know something you'd go to. Mm. You know? Sure. It, so, so that's what I'm going to do. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Craft Beer Radio. Craft Babble Radio, sometimes. And... Uh, <laughs> We'll see you next time where we uh, have another amazing show where we drink amazing beers. Right. Hopefully we'll try to drink some beers that are a little bit more... No, no, more hyperbole. Come on, Greg. Okay. We'll try, we're going to drink some beers that you know are one-offs that you can never get anywhere. Yes. <laughs> yes, because that's what BA troll. That's what the trolls like. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. They never say what you can